I, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about the suit. Okay. <laughs> I don't, uh, he'd never seen me in a suit before. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Let me tell you one thing about me, just so you'll know. I, I know he said I'm from North Carolina. Yeah, I'm amazed. I am really, truly amazed that, that this old Tar Heel can get this far uh, beyond the Mason-Dixon line and still feel okay, but I do. Um, uh, years ago, we took a family vacation and carried um, our daughters and another family with us to Washington, D.C. to do a sightseeing tour. And I parked, a, there was, there were, the first day there was absolutely nowhere to park. And, uh, uh, and you see vehicles being towed all around. So, then, so the second day we went out and we, I drove up to this real close to the metro. And there was a parking lot there that was completely empty. No barricades, no guards, no signs. So I pulled into that parking lot, and then I got began to worry because it wasn't my van I was leaving there. I had, had rented a van, and I was worried if I left it and got on the metro that it might, I might get back and be towed. So I walked across the street where there was these two security guards at a, at a parking garage. And I asked them, was it okay for me to park there because I didn't want to get the van towed while I was gone? And this one guy looks at me, and he said, what part of North Carolina are you from? <laughs> That's true. No pastor, guess what? In my room, Brother Eric probably did this, I didn't ask him, but in my room when I got to the motel, there was a tie already in the closet, already tied, so I just slip it around my neck and tighten it up. <laughs> this is the truth. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give you the, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven now a lot of times when we talk about keys many of us pastors will will preachers will get up and will say something like I've got three keys uh, for you um, for a healthy marriage or if he's feeling anointed that day, he might say, I got seven keys for a healthy marriage. If he's really anointed, he's probably got ten keys. But these keys are not those kinds of keys. Every key that works in heaven will, guaranteed, either bind or loose or do both. It will lock or unlock or do both. And today I want to share with you my testimony and how God helped me get beyond the trouble that I had made for myself. My wife and I were in a, in a family business um, that we had begun and was doing extremely well. We had borrowed money uh, to go into business and, and, and thank God blessed us. And, and as we were, and, uh, we, were, we were seeing great benefits, our children were growing up and, and were... Um, Actually, we had one daughter in college at the time, and things were going well. We were within three months of being completely debt-free. For the first time in, in 20 years of marriage, we were within three months of becoming debt-free. At that point, my banker came to see me. And he said, I see that you're about to be paid up, and you've been a good customer, and you have paid on time, and we've really appreciated what you've done and how you've been, have been diligent. And he said, and I was wondering if there was a way that we might help you more. I said, I don't think so. He said, well, I'll tell you what we've got. I can give you a loan for up to a half a million dollars on your signature alone. No collateral. And if you want to start another business... 
If you want to expand this business or you want to do, do something different, I'd be more, we want to help you. Well, I thought about it a long time, didn't pray a lot. <laughs> thought a lot, but didn't pray a lot. And I took him up. Now, I didn't take the whole half million, but I took him up for, for a good chunk of it. And things went, we started another business, a business that would support the first business. And for about a year and a half, things went very well. And after a year and a half, there was a market crash that affected my business, my second business. To the point that I was losing thousands of dollars a day. And within a matter of just a few short weeks, I mean, I couldn't continue on that road. I had to shut that business down and, and then try to figure out how to compensate for all the mess I was in. I got, when we tallied up, we were in debt in excess of $350,000. Most everything, all of our bills were at least 90 days overdue. And at this point, I had some bills that were a year overdue. I went to see my bankruptcy attorney. I was scheduled to pay this loan back over a 15-year period. And I was 90 days behind on the loan payments at that point. I went to see my banker, and he suggested that I go see a bankruptcy attorney because he did not want me to see, see me lose everything I had. We had property we'd had for years and, uh, and, and, and he didn't want me to see everything that I owned to be, to be taken away. So he suggested that I go see a bankruptcy attorney. So we did. With no bankruptcy attorney in our little town. So we went to another town uh, and rode about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And I met with a bankruptcy attorney. While I was in there, I heard from God. And God told me that if I would follow his biblical principles that I would never file bankrupt. And I knew what I'd heard, but all of a sudden, things in the room, the sound of things in the room changed. And it's, it was as if I was in on a conversation, but I was listening to a conversation, and I was outside the room, like I was standing by the door hearing what was going on. And I really never heard anything else a man said that, had any value to me and as soon as the meeting was over he gave us some instructions about what we need to do we need to come back and see him in in I don't know 60 days or so and and so he dismissed us and we left as we went out I told my wife I said um I've heard from God I need you to drive home because I need to pray I prayed the whole way home and I dug deep, deep in the Word, deeper than I ever had before. I bought everybody's, he said, cassettes this morning. But I did. It was before CDs. I bought everybody's cassettes. Um, I bought everybody's videos that I could get. I listened to every, I bought everybody's books. Everybody that preaches and said anything about prosperity or, or finances, I bought and I studied. Well, to make this long story short, what I couldn't do in 15 years, God did for us in three and a half years. In three and a half years, we were totally debt-free. We've been that way now over 10 years, and God has richly blessed us because we followed what we learned. You were about to preach my whole word. Malachi chapter 3. The first key I learned, Malachi chapter 3, starting with verse 9. Ye are cursed with the cursed, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now within, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven... And pour you out a blessing that there shall be room, not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. 
And he shall not destroy the fruits of your grain. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. I want to paint a picture for you. And I want you to think in your mind, what would a blessing so large that you would not have room enough for it look like if you could get your hands on it? What would it look like to you? Picture what, what your household would look like. Picture what you, how you would dress, how you would act, um, how you, you would associate with other people. Picture what your family would look like. How, what, would, what would be the countenance of your family? What, what, would, what would the people who call you friend, what would they see different than they see now if you had a blessing that you could not receive it all? Would it really make a difference in your life? You see, because I know that that's what God wants us, wants us to have. And I can promise you that he wants to have you to have more than you can contain for one reason and one reason only. And that's to use it for the kingdom. To be a blessing. But you know that you have to first be blessed or you can't be a blessing. And God wants us blessed so we can be a blessing. I had no idea back when, you know, I had no idea three years ago when I met you that I would be involved in the things that I'm involved in today. No idea whatsoever. And I can tell you I love digging wells around the world. And I'm going to do it as long as I live. I love building orphanages. And I'm going to do it as long as I live. But it takes something beyond what it takes to provide for me and my family if I'm going to be a part of those kinds of things. I want to give you, first of all, a few facts about an overflow blessing. I'm talking about the kind of blessing that lines up with Ephesians 3.20. I'm talking about far more than you could ever think or imagine. Far more than you would even ask for. That's the kind of blessing that God wants to pour out for you. Now what the tithe does, first of all, I said some keys lock and some unlock, but the tithe does both. The tithe is a special key. It is extremely powerful. Now, all keys are a sign of authority. Every, now, I, I can promise you, if I went around this room and had, had people pull your keys out, I could find out who has the most authority by the number of keys you have. Right? You take a, a, a supervisor or a manager of, of different properties, they're going to have a ton of keys. And you may, some others may only have a few. But there's some keys will get you in places that other keys won't get. And some people have keys that will, I'll never receive. And you can imagine, now you can go into the hardware store and you can look on that board where they make keys. And they might hand you a handful of those blank keys. But you know they're no good, don't you? Unless somebody cuts, cuts it in to fit a lock. And every key, every biblical key fits a lock. Open or to close. When we unlock the windows of heaven, as Pastor said earlier, now you know that if a, if a key, if God says that he will unlock it, it's got to be locked. The, the, heaven is locked. Heaven is secure. There's no doubt that heaven is secure. Jesus told his disciples to lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust could not corrupt and that thieves couldn't break in and steal. So heaven is secure. Heaven is more secure than Fort Knox. Nobody gets anything out of heaven that doesn't have a key. You have to have a key to get into heaven. So you have to have some sort of security clearance. And if you don't, you don't get anything. When we unlock the windows of heaven, 
it's not going to be like, it's not going to rain $100 bills in your backyard. You're not going to buy a tree that grows money. Your lost boss man is not going to double your salary next week. You know, that's not the way it works. But, the, you know, we, we, sometimes we get the wrong idea, you know, that things are just going to start flowing in. But that's not the way it works. Because a tithe is more than money. You know, it's, it's really not even about money. The tithe is about faith. It's about trust. The tithe determines if you trust God. And if he can trust you. And if you can't trust him and he can't trust you, you're not getting into heaven. If I don't trust you, I'm not going to give you the keys to my car. Why would he give you the keys to heaven? So he need, it's, it's, it's about trust. Opening the windows gives you a different perspective than you would have if you didn't have an open window to see through. Randy cut holes in his roof to let the sun in, right? And he gets, a, he gets to... I can't see through my roof. He can see through his. And if your window in heaven is locked up, you can't see. You get to see something when you unlock the windows of heaven that you could not see before. I want to show you this in Scripture. Genesis chapter 30. Starting with verse 37. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and hazel and chestnut tree and peeled white streaks in them and made the white appear which is in the rods. Jacob was working for Laban. He worked for him for 20 years. 14 years for two women. One of them he didn't want. And he was ready to leave because he wasn't prospering. And he went to Laban and he made a deal, his father-in-law, and made a deal. And he said, how about all the off-colored animals in your flocks be mine as my pay? And Laban got thinking about it and said, yeah, I probably can do that kind of thing. And he had his son separate all the off-colored animals out of the herds and then gave uh, Laban, a pure white herd of sheep and goats and a pure brown herd of cattle. And he said, anything off-colored you get, you can have. And Jacob went there and he took these branches of poplar, hazelnut, and chestnut and peeled stripes into it and he placed them in the watering troughs. Let's read them. And he set the rods, verse 38, and he set the rods he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs. And when the flocks came to drink, that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring-staked, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-staked and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them out and put out unto Laban's cattle. He took branches, cut all away the streaks in the bark, put them before the female in the, in the herds so that they would conceive there by the water troughs. What kind of shenanigan is that? Y'all do have shenanigans up here, right? Okay, just making sure. Now, I know I'm country. I'm as country as dirt. But I got some children that are smart. Our oldest daughter is a quantitative geneticist. And I can't tell you exactly what all that means, but I know she works with DNA. And that's all I know. I don't, can't even, I don't even know what DNA means. 
But I asked her, I said, can you take a pure white flock and produce spotted and speckled animals? Or a pure brown flock and produce spotted and, special, and speckled animals? And this is what she said. She said the potential is there, but the probability is not. It's not there. You would fail more times than you would succeed. But not with Jacob. Because the number of off-colored animals outnumbered the number of pure-colored animals. And why is that? Genesis chapter 28. Verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God would be with me, and would keep me in this way that I go, and, I, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. He made a vow to tithe. And became an extremely wealthy man. Extremely wealthy. He did something that makes absolutely no earthly sense. And if you read on after Genesis 30, you'll find out that God gave him a dream. And God showed him in a dream what to do. That's an open window. That's an open window. God will show you something he's never shown anybody else. And he will allow you to do something you've never done, even if it sounds and looks foolish. But if God tells you to do it, it will work. Because he is not a man, he can't be a liar. It has to work. And he will open your eyes to something you've never seen before. And then that blessing would be able to be poured out. The second part about the key of the tithe is what it locks. Now let me tell you something. There are other financial principles that work. But there's only one financial principle that can lock. Sowing unlocks. But it can't lock. God says in Malachi that he would rebuke the devourer. Now, pastor teaches, has taught us, and, and, and teaches, I know he's taught you, that we, we have been given authority over demons. That we've been, we've been given authority to rebuke and cast out demons and devils. I've seen it happen. You know, my first trip to Africa, I had never done that. I had never dealt with a devil before until my first trip to Africa and I went out on a Sunday morning to a church by myself without everybody else to somebody else for me to fall back on and a father brought me his son that was being tormented by an evil spirit and I was shaking in my boots <laughs> but before I left there I saw that kid freed of it but I'm telling you something. Even though we've been given that authority, you cannot rebuke the devourer. You know, I don't know what he looks like. And I got a simple imagination. And, and, and I'm not a gamer, so I, I don't do video games. I haven't played an hour of video games in my entire life put together. But I think the devourer looks something like Pac-Man. <laughs> Going through your stuff. I know some of you are not old enough to know who Pac-Man is. But just going through your stuff. Everything you got, trying to eat up and consume everything you have. But only God can rebuke him. And the tithe is... Let me tell you something. Because I know this has, this has happened. It's happened to you. It's, it's happened to me. We can sow in expectation and receive a harvest. But you, if you can't control the devourer, that harvest, it'll get eat up. 
The tithe is the foundation for every every biblical financial principle. And if you don't build your biblical financial belief system on the tithe, you're like, you're like a man who builds on the sand. You're like a man who builds on the sand. Because the storm will come. The rain will come. The winds will blow. And the torrent will come. And wash away what you've done. And that's what I was doing. I was tithing sometime. But every time, all the time I couldn't. I was sowing and believing with faith and seeing God give me quick return. But I couldn't control the devourer. And he must be controlled. It, you know, it's nice to unlock, be able to unlock the windows of heaven. But it's, it, the most important thing we're doing is to re, having the devourer rebuked on our behalf. I mean, I'm sure this house is filled with hardworking people. Nobody puts any premium on laziness. But there are a lot of people who have worked really, really hard and don't have much to show for it because of the devourer. And that's what we want to make sure that we've dealt with. So my question to you is, are you ready to live a life of more than enough? Are you ready for God to do something and, and release you into something that's going to pour out a blessing that you can't receive at all. Because if we're going to, if this is our time, this is our time. I used to, I, I love the outdoors. I like the, I like the woods. I used to think I was born a couple hundred years too late. I should have been a frontiersman. But no, this is our time by His divine. Timing. And it's our time to carry this torch, this mantle, for who knows how long, till Jesus comes again or somebody else takes over. And we want to make sure we have made advancement in the kingdom during our time. You know what? I, I, I do a lot of camping. And, and, and I teach the boys that, I, that I, I work with that we want to always leave it better than we found it. Because I camp on other people's property most of the time. Leave it better than we found it. Don't we want to leave this earth better than we found it? It's going to take an overflow blessing. If we're going to be a blessing, we first got to be blessed. And if we're going to be a big blessing, we've got to have an overflow, um, uh, overflow blessing. Amen? So this morning, if you've never been a tither or you're a backslidden tither, I want to invite you forward because we're going to change earth because we're going to release heaven today in your life. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And if you are, have never been a tither and you want to see God pour out a blessing on your life that you will not have room enough to receive, I want you to come down here with me because I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Or you're a backslidden tither. Just come on forward because God has a blessing. Windows are about to, If you are struggling financially, if you're struggling and you're not seeing relief, this is your time. This is your time. Come on forward. If God delivered me from an excess of $350,000 worth of debt and set my feet, let me tell you something. I can't tell you what our net worth is today, but I can, I can promise you I'm better off today than I ever have been in my life. Ever. Because God took me from a hole that was $350,000 deep and brought me up, and he's put me on a mountain. I never imagined I'd travel the world and preach the gospel. I could never see myself in that place. The windows were closed. Anybody else? Let me tell you something. 
when you commit to being a tither, a demon is going to lose his job. He's going to have to go back to where he came from and tell his boss that he's going to have to be assigned to somebody weaker. Because he can't handle you anymore. He'll starve to death. He can't eat. Glory, Lord. Anybody else? I don't you miss this chance. I don't you miss this chance. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, make anybody look bad. I just want to see you blessed. I want to see you blessed. I want to see your family blessed. I want to see those around you blessed. There's a great portion of what God wants to do for you so it can flow through you. And he needs to know, are you the person who can handle more than enough? Things will forever change in your life. I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm, I'm living testimony. Things will forever change. You'll still be amazed, but you'll stop being surprised. I'm still amazed every day. Pastor made a joke early when I came in, when he came in saw me in a suit I lost over 60 pounds last year I had suits but you know I, I can't, you know they did my wife said you can't wear that no more and I hadn't bought any more you know so I did have them but she you know she's the fashion queen I'm not I didn't buy this one. I had a pastor call me up who's a, who's a mentor of mine. He said, Mike, I want to buy you a suit. And I want you to go to, men, to a men's shop and you pick out the nicest thing you can. Blessings. He couldn't have done that if he wasn't being blessed beyond what he could receive. You know, I like the idea of buying suits for somebody else. I like to do that. I want you to say a confession with me. I'm going to lead you in a confession. And I'm going to just lead it slow. And I want you to repeat this out loud with me. Today, I'm a tither. Today, my life changes. Nothing will ever be the same again. I trust you, God, and I can be trusted by you. I will be faithful in every opportunity. And I vow today, as Jacob vowed, to give you a tenth of all I receive. Now today, Father, I thank you that the windows of heaven are opening up. And I'm going to see what you have in store for me. I am expectant that you will show me how to increase in wealth. That I might be a blessing to somebody else. And I might do my part to fulfill my assignment in your kingdom. I thank you, God, that you will rebuke the devourer on my behalf. I don't have to worry about what's going to break down early or what's going to quit unexpectedly. I expect things to last longer, work better, and function like they're supposed to for a long time. And I thank you, Lord, that I am freed from the devourer in my life. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you for each of these who have committed today. I thank you, Lord, that you have given me an opportunity to build upon the foundation that's already been laid here. And I thank you, Father, that you have spoken, you by your Holy Spirit has spoken today. I thank you, Lord, that's when your Holy Spirit has a North Carolina twang that they can still hear it in their heart. I thank you, Lord, that change has been made today in every one of these lives. Earth has changed, but heaven has changed. There's a stirring in heaven today, Lord. Angels are running around opening windows. They've been sitting there waiting, Lord. And today they've been freed to do their job. I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity that comes forth out of this meeting today. I thank you, Lord, for everything that takes place and brings increase in these lives. I thank you, Lord, that increase is going to occur in, in, in their lives and, in, and other lives are going to be changed because they've been faithful to follow your word. I curse every, every ounce of debt in this room today that all debt be cleared, that we'd all be the head and not the tail. That we'd all be above and not beneath. Free. You are a debt-canceling God. I see houses paid off in short terms. I see cars being bought with cash. I see needs being met. I see neighbors being blessed. And I see the kingdom advancing. Because of these faithful ones right here. It's about you, Lord. It's about our love for you and about our trust in you. Now, I thank you that these trust you today. And I call them trustworthy for your overflow blessings. Lord, we love you with all of our heart. And we trust you for everything. Have your way in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, I, I, I believe that the Lord has told me that there's somebody right here in this group that came forward today that has never made a public profession of faith. And you've committed to be a tither because you believe God, but you've never said publicly, and you've never become a part of this body of believers, and you've never said publicly that, that you have, you've been serving Him, you've been coming. But you've just never done it publicly. Is that you? Does somebody, is that, if that's you, just raise your hand right where you're at. Somebody right up here in this group. Is anybody here? Anybody up here? Well, must have been somebody else supposed to be up here then. Okay, I'm going to let y'all go back to your seat. I sense something. I, I believe that, that somebody's having an issue with your back, right in between your shoulder blades. Little pain right in, in the middle of your back, right between your shoulder blades. Who is that? Come on up here. Glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you didn't suffer with that long in the service because I got that early and I probably should have dealt with it sooner. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for this precious one. And right now, as I lay my hand on her back, right in that spot, Lord. Oh, Lord, I rebuke this attack upon her body. And I free her to receive everything that God's got in store for her. I thank you, Lord, that this is going to enable her. This healing is going to enable her to do more of what she really wants to do. And I thank you, Lord, that not only that you have spoken to her through a word of wisdom, but I pray, Father, that you give her words of wisdom more and more than ever before. I call this pain gone. I command you leave her body and never return. You have no place here. You have tried to make a home where you don't belong. Now leave. In Jesus' name, leave. Leave. Now I loose the gifts of healing and the working of miracles right now today. This is gone. Whatever problem caused this thing is coming into alignment. It all works like it's supposed to work. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you lift your hands over your head? Would that hurt you before? Yeah. How is it? Still, hurting a, still a little hurting a little bit. Right here? Yeah. 
Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. It's all about you, God. It's not about me. It's not about her. As a witness, Lord, as a witness, as a witness to those who are here who are, who are struggling with much more complicated things than this. I call you free in Jesus' name. You too? All right. You too? Good. All right. Where? Right there. Right there? Okay. Oh, praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you hurt yourself? How'd you hurt yourself? Uh, bending over. Recently? Okay. Okay. All right. Father? The devil has tried to restrict him. And he has no authority over his body. And right now we command this, 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 um, uh, this tension, this, this, whatever stressed and is out of place, Father, what, that, that's causing this discomfort. I call it to come right back where it belongs. I, I can just see muscle tissue just coming back where it belongs. It's, it's, just, it's just stretched. And it just needs to come back where it belongs. Come back. Come back. Come back in line. In line. In line. In line. In line. Glory Lord. You feel anything going on in your back? What, what does it feel like? Heat. Yeah, I thought I felt it myself. I just want to make sure I'm not imagining something. Oh, God, you're working. Glory Lord. Glory Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, your massage on his back, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are doing, that his back is coming back into a line right now. No more problems. He'll be able to bend. He'll be able to lift. He'll be able to do everything that he needs to do under his own power and strength because today you have healed him. You have brought it back together and put it all back into place. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Raise your arms all above the head. Can you raise them up? How's it feel? Good. Can you bend over? How's it feel? Good. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Glory, Lord. Put my hand on your back. Yep. Here? Right here? Yep. To the side. Okay. Hallelujah. Father, I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. What a good God you are. Lord, we're convinced that you wouldn't heal two and not heal her. It, she, there's no way she would walk out without a blessing. So right now, Lord, this, this issue in, this, in, their, in her back over toward this shoulder, Father, I call everything into alignment. I rebuke this pain and anything that has got out of place and out of line, Lord. Lord, has this something been going on for a long time? I'm a nurse and I have to lift people. Yeah. For, uh, for years? Well, some, off and on. Off and on for years. Okay, okay. All right. Oh, a caregiver, Lord. Hmm. Like you. Like you, Lord. I rebuke you, devil. Trying to stop this woman from doing what she needs to do. Trying to keep her from, from, from providing the, the, uh, this precious service. And trying to make her feel bad. Oh, glory, glory, Lord. Leave her alone today. And this will never be a problem feel anything in your shoulder? What's it feel like? Warmth. Warmth. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, for the working of miracles. And I believe, Father, that if this thing tries to come back, she's going to rebuke that devil on a, in the instant that it tries to come back. And it will not be able to stay. Because you have taken it away. In Jesus' name. Who's got big debt? If you got big debt, just raise your hand. Big debt. 
You know, I believe God really does want you delivered from it. I, I really do. I really do. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm, let me tell you, I'm a hardworking man. Pastor Randy is a hardworking man. And I, I, know, I, I see his efforts. And I appreciate him. And, and I work that same way. But we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And, but I want to tell you something about um, those of you who raised your hand. I learned one lesson that I want to make sure I give you today. When you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you need to do is put down the shovel. Don't dig it any deeper. And then let God go to work. Then let God go to work. Just don't dig it deeper. Because I know we have a tendency to do that. But I want you to know it's just a bigger hunk of cheese in the trap. Glory, Lord. Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Mike. Hallelujah. Amen. What a great word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to do something today. Every head bowed. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the best that life could offer begins with receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Eternity is our goal. Jesus came and he died on Calvary. And he shed his blood, not for his own transgressions, but for yours. And you've probably heard the story hundreds of times. But Jesus came to die, not just for the world, but the world is made up for individuals. It's made up of you and me. And he came and he's here today. And he's calling you. He's calling your name. That tug that you feel in your heart, that desire to know God. That emptiness that you wrestle with every week, week in and week out, it can only be fulfilled when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you're separated from God, it's simply because you've never responded to what you've heard. And the Bible says that our sins have separated us from Him. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. But if you're here today and you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that he shed his blood for the remission, for the washing away, for the taking away, for paying the price for them to be removed from your life through his blood. And you believe that he was buried, died on the cross and was buried, and the third day he was raised from the dead. That's all the faith that you need to be born again. Now, while every head is bowed, I'm going to ask you today to say, Pastor, I know that I need Jesus Christ. Whether you're a sinner and you've never known him before, or whether you're a backslider, doesn't matter. This is the most important part of this service is that you come out of your sin and receive him as your personal savior. So if you're here today and you say, that's me, pastor, I want you quickly, without any further ado, jump out into the aisle that is nearest you now don't worry about it. You say, what about the people? Don't worry about them. They've all been sinners. And if, if they haven't been saved, they're still sinners. But the question is not about them. What about you? What about you? So if you are here today and you're not a Christian, if you're here today and you're a backslider, we're going to sing this song. Ken, what song you got going? Okay, let's sing that. As they sing that song, I want you to quickly get out of your seats and come down here. Meet me right here at this altar, and I'm going to pray with you. And so that God can just break the power of sin over your life and bring you into the kingdom of God and give you a new identity, born again, saved, redeemed, forgiven. So as they sing this song, you brought somebody or you come by yourself, make your way down to this aisle.
Come on, this most important time of your life right now. Make the decision to receive Jesus Christ. All things are possible. Today is your day, wherever you are right now. Quickly come. All righty, praise God. People can believe a million things. It takes courage to act on what you believe. Come right over here. Everybody in this place, pray this prayer with me. You say, well, I know, I'm, I'm already saved. I know it, praise God, but let's just pray it anyway. Amen? Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I believe that he died on Calvary, shed his blood for my sin. I believe he died. He was buried, and on the third day, you, God, raised him from the dead. I now confess him as Lord of my life. Come into my heart, Jesus. I receive you now. As you have died for me, I will now live for you. I am now born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm a part of this household of faith. Thank you, Jesus, amen and amen. Well, congratulations, ladies, praise God, hallelujah. If you'll go with John and Nita right there, they got a little book for you to, uh, that they want to give you some information and they'll get your name so that we can pray for you. And Randy, come here and you're on. Hey, Wednesday night, Bill Wilson, praise God. And uh, keep all the pastors Bill up in. Winston. Bill Winston, you're yes. right. I keep. Bill Winston, not Wilson. Wilson. Bill Wilson's in New York. In New York, yes. I know it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, He just got beat up, by the way. <coughs> Almost really? died overseas. Really? Bill Wilson did. Yeah, he got attacked, but You know, I okay. preached for him, and uh, I encouraged him and said, you know, I've been doing this all my life. And he said, I haven't had much gain. He said, but I've seen multitudes come to Jesus. Oh, man. And, Amen. Uh, buddy, he's got. He's Largest children, inner city children's church in the world. Yeah, how many? Oh, thousands and thousands. And they bust You've them all been in. There. I've been You've there. Been there. Me, yeah. David Hewitt, and Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if uh, even the gangs see you walking down they the street, respect Or you. in there, when they see that you're with Bill uh, w Wilson. Yep, Bill Wilson. They say, leave them alone, man. That's Don't right. mess with them. That's right. And uh, Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear Ministries. That's, That's what right. he was known Praise for God. back in the 80s. So uh, you're going to take a receiving offer, and then what you're going to do is dismiss them. Yeah, sure. All right. Sure. Praise God. Keep all the pastors in prayer. We're going to be here praying and fasting and for the next four days. Yes. And uh, four. Yeah, when, three. Today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Your, and oh, Wednesday. Okay, yeah, okay, I guess it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be there for one? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yes. good. I'm oh, here. well, then, hallelujah. <laughs> You better get him to pray for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we dismiss here, um, I want to take a, um, an offering up for Brother Mike. He is good ground. Amen. He is good ground. He's been through it. He knows how to, he's worked it. He's unlocked the keys. And, and before I do that, I really wanted to, all those that came up front here to be a tither for the first time that haven't tithed, you need to also give a tithe today. Put it on your envelope. And just put my tithe. I don't care. You know, I, maybe I don't have any money. I get a pen, an ink pen, a piece of hair. I don't care what it is. Use your faith. Unlock that key today. And let's get this thing started for you. You know, he said uh, in one of the prayers that we're praying for things not to break down, to last long, and things of that nature. And uh, two months ago, I was at a, a sale, basically. I did some work trading. 
I painted an entire inside of a house to trade for some of the goods this guy had. And one of the things I traded was a, a tankless water heater. It's something that sits up on a wall. And you don't have to have the big thing with you, and it just runs hot water through it at all times. And it was about a $500 tankless water heater. And I, again, painted for like a week and a half. And that was one of the things that I got. It was brand new, never been out of the box. Worth probably about $560, $600. And Joe Recker actually helped me put it up uh, in my house. And about three months ago, it stopped working. And I've only had it up for a year. And I was kind of annoyed. And I called the company. And I said, uh, hey, uh, this thing's not working. Here's the codes, blah, blah, blah. And she says, well, you need, need a new remote control for it. And I said, okay, a remote control, how much is that? It's $100 plus shipping. I said, okay, fine. Uh, I bought it. It came to me. I, I, I put it on, and it didn't work. And this was two months ago. It didn't work. So I got frustrated, and I left it alone. And uh, Nicole, about a month ago, um, I told her that, you know, we need to, uh, we need to get this upper room working again. Um, we have home groups, and the kids use it and stuff, and it's getting cold. She said, okay. Well, she didn't tell me, but two Wednesdays ago, she sowed a seed of $40. She said, I'm tired of it. And she didn't even tell me, and she sold $40 to unlock a key. And, uh, and she didn't say anything to me. Well, I went in, um, and I felt, that was Wednesday, Thursday, for some reason I felt to call the company about this, not knowing that she had sold that seed yet. So Thursday, I go in, I call the company. Two months later, I get a guy on the phone, and I tell him, hey, I bought this thing. It didn't work. And the code says 87. It's flashing 87, 87, 87. He says, well, that's it. It's a new motherboard. And I said, what? A new motherboard? And I know what motherboard means. Ooh, that means it's expensive. And I said, well, why would she tell me two months ago that I just needed a remote? I don't know, sir. It needs a new motherboard. How much are they? I have no clue, but I'll send you that way. And I said, all right, send me that way. So he put me on hold, and I was on hold for a minute. And then I come back up, and he says, sir, this is still David. That was his name. This is David. Hey, I was reading the notes as I was getting ready to transfer you. And you're right. You told her that it was flashing this number, and she told you this. That is wrong. She said, that was stupid. I'm like, okay. And so because she did that, I'm going to send you a motherboard absolutely free and shipping included. And I'm like, really? He said, really? She should have never said that. And I said, well, how much is that? He said, well, again, I don't know. He said, but I'm going to have it overnighted to you, and you'll have it Saturday morning because it was in the afternoon on Thursday. I said, well, thank you very much. So I get off the phone, and I go to Nicole. I said, you won't believe this, but this guy's doing all this, and that's when she tells me, hey, well, I sold a $40 seed Wednesday night because I was done with it. And I said, well, that's amazing. She says, well, how much is it? I said, I don't know. She said, well, call back. I'm not calling him back and asking him a third time how much it is. So I said, well, they're going to transfer me. So I called the parts department. And I said, yeah, I need to know how much a motherboard is for this da-da-da-da. And she said, uh, sir, that'll be $399 plus shipping. I said, wow, I got a hundredfold return in one day. In one day. That is amazing. So, and listen, God is no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for us, he'll do it for you as well. I got that baby on Saturday. Mark Dish hooked it up for me. And it was ready and unbelievable. There was a couple in our church who were redoing their bathroom. They're here somewhere. <laughs> and they needed some place to take a shower. And so they came over Sunday before home groups and got to take the first shower in our new motherboard. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we ought to bless somebody else as well the next day. So God will do what he said he will do. And he'll do it for you as well. So those of you that said I'm going to tithe, Give something today. I don't care what it is, a piece of paper, something. Show something. Unlock that door, that key. Let God do what he wants to do for you. Amen? All right, so let's pray over our offering that we're going to give for Brother Mike. Sow into that good seed. And those of you that are going to tithe for the first time, give as well. Don't let the devil steal anything from you. All right, let's all stand and pray. Father, we come before you right now in Jesus' name. And God, again, we thank you for a word in due season. God, we thank you that your promises are true, that you will do everything that you will say that you would do. God, you will unlock for us and lock for us those things on our behalf. God, it takes us, it takes faith, and that is what pleases you is our faith. 
And God, we trust you with everything, including our finances. And God, as we give today, Father, our offerings today, you will bless them. Our tithe today, for the first time, God, you will bless it. We thank you for the 30, the 60, and the 100-fold blessings quickly, God. And immediately, we thank you for those things. We give you praise and glory for it all. And we thank you for the testimonies coming out of this today from this simple truth in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the salvations again that took place today. Amen and amen. Come on up, give your tithes and offerings, and then you're dismissed. And we'll see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Amen. <laughs>